Keep the change, you filthy animal. A whole cheese pizza all to myself. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to episode 12 of Everything Comes From Something. We got a special one for you. I know you're tired of hearing our personal testimonies of what's going on in our beautiful lives. So this episode, we decided to bring you something special. Episode 12 is on gangs, but before we get into that, I want to remind you that this podcast is funded by you, the people. And when I say you, the people, I mean Darren, because he's our one (laughs) Patreon supporter. Listen, this month, I really want to make it a challenge to get one more Patreon supporter. So if you enjoy what we're doing, uh, we appreciate any sort of help and support you want to throw our way. You can find us on patreon.com slash podcast. If you can't donate, totally understand. Continue to enjoy it. Uh, it really helps if you guys just give us a rating on iTunes, anything, any of your feedback and whatnot, and follow us on all the normal socials. If you don't know it, we go through it in all the earlier episodes, so you can listen to that and all that stuff. But we have so much to get into, Cameron. Oh my gosh, it's a bit, it's a packed one. It's going to be a packed one for you. First of all, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you. I missed you. Oh, I missed you too. No, you didn't. No. I said it first. I, I, no, I said it first. I said it in our test recording. I just want everyone to know that I'm holier than Cameron, <laughs> and I'm a better friend. That's probably true. Both of those things are probably oh, true. Don't sell yourself short. You're so depressing. Jeez, who listens to this? It, <laughs> Nobody. Um, in any news, Cameron doesn't even listen to our own show. He didn't even listen to episode 11. Okay, I was going to get to it. I am going to get to it. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I don't listen to our show, though, because I, I can't stand our ugly voices. It would be strange if you listened to it every week. Yeah, wouldn't it be weird? Like I do. Yeah. Oh. Listening to the sound of my own voice. Do You you do that just for quality control, No, though, that's right? true. It's quality a... control, and I almost vomit every time. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, this episode, we've done a little bit of research, and everything comes from something, including interesting things like gangs. What the heck? Yeah, where do gangs come from? Gangs are are everywhere. Yeah, actually, actually, that's true. They, well, yeah, so, um, you know, if if you haven't heard, we, we live in San Jose, and there's a lot of gang activity in San Jose. There is? Yeah, there is. There is a strange amount. I, I, because I just recently started going to San Jose State, I was telling you, Cameron, earlier that I was walking to my car, and I just hear gunshots in the background, <laughs> and I'm just like, eh, I gotta get home. It's, <laughs> I don't, re- I don't, you know, I'm lucky to say that I don't live close to the gang activity in San Jose. But um, it doesn't mean that I don't notice. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There's a certain level of, you know, gang activity going on. I mean, to say you hear gunshots, it's not the best. But you know, got to do what you got to do to get that degree. Uh, it, and it's different. It's in different areas too. It's it's pretty pretty select. But um, we have one of the biggest chapters of uh, of the Hell's Angels, which is pretty interesting. Well, so. We're not going to talk about biker gangs that No, much. we aren't. That was your one bone, all you sons of anarchy fans, <laughs> all right? So chow down on that. You uh, know, I so I've never watched that show because I find um, uh, Hunnam, Charlie Hunnam's face kind of annoying. Is that the lead? Yeah. I was just like, why is Thor in another uh, biker It's game? not Thor. It's the guy I who know, played Pacific Rim. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh. Um, anyways, I hear it's a good show. If you enjoy it. Keep doing your thing. Mm. Something I said this week, this is an off tangent, but someone was telling me about how they were upset that they they're they were having problems with like their friends and they're like, Oh my like my friends don't care about me and, and things like that. And I was just like, dude, you gotta say, Hey, you're just missing out on the blank your name train. 
So I said, hey, you just got to say, hey, I'm, you're missing out on the Isaac train, you know? That's true. But nobody who's listening is missing out on the Isaac train. That's They're right, getting because full, you're, you're getting the full, full <laughs> frontal force of it right now. <laughs> so, gangs. Gangs. We're going to talk about it. I, I mean, you guys know that I enjoy economics, so we're going to get into that. But let's just start with the um, basic information we found on it. Uh, the word gang derives from a past percipient... I'm just reading off a piece of paper. Uh, <laughs> it's an old... Uh, participle of an old english term called gan which means to go and that i read because it's interesting etymology wow <laughs> don't really care that much of it and then in old norse gangster means journey hmm. not really what you think of no um so for those of you who like the history of words and whatnot you're not being useful um <laughs> So a gang is a group of people uh, with defined leadership and internal organization that controls over territory in a community and engages either individually or collectively in illegal behavior. So that's the definition that Wikipedia gives. Um, But we're going to get into the fun stuff right now. We just wanted to define these things because we had a couple uh bits of feedback saying yo like you need to define what you're talking about so that that's what we're going over and that's a broad definition that encompasses a lot of different ideas of gangs i wanted to bring up a quote that was on uh, the wikipedia site too that i found interesting there's this guy named barrington moore jr who's a political scientist during the um like uh 1950 1960 time and he usually looks at like a macro view of what's going on uh, regarding like democratic, fascist, and communist transitions into like modern society and whatnot. So he has a bunch of books and things like that. But he comments on gangsters and he says, gangsterism is a form of self-help which victimizes others. Mm. Which is really interesting because in, in doing a lot of this, um, this re- research, you really notice how there's like um, this idea of brotherhood and of, um, you know, like this cohesive force that is, uh, a negative influence, right? Like, but, but they're, they're, you know, all these gang members are involved because it gives them, you know, some sort of a purpose or some sort of structure and, and, um, makes them feel like they're, they're part of something greater, you know? Yeah. Moore continues by saying that, it appears in societies which lack a strong force of law and order, which, I mean, it's true. It continually pops up. As we're going to go through some of these gangs, this usually is a factor which leads into it. Um, he also kind of takes a shot at European feudalism and says, um, mainly, he, he defines it as mainly gangsterism that has become society itself and acquired respectability through the notions of chivalry so that's talking about kind of like the knights in armor period uh he was like dude like it's it's the same thing it's just yeah it's just uh bands of of gangsters with a leader and yeah no i mean it is true because because um like they essentially were roving around and attacking each other's castles yeah they had like these properties and they'd attack or defend and acquire more properties and whatnot so it seems that there's this theme of social disorganization uh social institutes are just falling apart whether that's school family public safety all that stuff and there's also other aspects to it which are like 
There's ethnic motives. Sometimes you see that in gangs. I mean, you could classify the KKK as a gang, but there's... Well, but also also, um, when it comes to, like, waves of immigration, a lot of times gangs are... And especially in in the U.S., um, you know, so like there were Irish gangs and and Italian gangs because of um, the mistreatment of these groups of of people, of right? immigrants, so, right? Yeah, and so it, it it was a first of all they were very poor at the time. There were also Jewish gangs, which yeah. is really interesting. But and they were, Asian gangs. Yeah, there, there's pretty much a gang for every ethnic Immig- minority. Yeah, 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 and and groups that come in, although there are white gangs, but we're not yeah, really yeah, going to yeah. touch on that. I mean, we will sort of when we get into Western stuff, but well, so, um, the, the ethnic groups coalesce because they, they don't have very many job opportunities, right? Especially when they, they first get there. And so crime is rampant, especially in these like really high urban areas, right? um, which, you know, is why there were a ton of gangs in New York and Chicago, like pre, um, you know, pre the 20th century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then there's like a structure behind gangs because you hear about, when when someone says gangs, people have different images, right? Some people picture like the streets of Compton. There's like the whole rap culture and whatnot. Some people picture like the mafia, the mob. Some people picture like Wild West gangs and things like that. We're going to try to touch on as much as of what we can because we read a lot of crap today. Like we read (laughs) a ton of things about different gangs. So we're going to try to touch on what we think is interesting. Um, But there's a there's a structure to this. It seems that street gangs feed into prison gangs, which are controlled by organized crime groups. And it's like this 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 structure that all connects there's all there's like a starting point to it and it feeds up and, and it connects throughout history too right because like these these smaller street gangs will eventually grow into into large organized coalitions of gangs right and and usually street gangs come from a form of the youth who are stuck in these deprived right, areas right. and whatnot so not not that's not like a surefire structure it's not like the mob uh, controls you know the bloods and crips that's not what i'm saying but it it seems to be a structure that goes kind of through um these gang cultures so we're going to kind of get into the first structure we're not going to touch on prison gangs because there's just it it didn't interest me if i'm being honest that, that is just something and, and there's a lot well i mean it it makes sense why there would be gangs in prison right, right? right. like they're organized groups for protection essentially is what uh, is what it is in in prison so that you don't get you know shanked yeah so we're going to start with the street gangs which are probably the least organized and put together poorly usually just through these you know social economic circumstances and we're going to first start out with what could be almost not considered a street gang but they are because of essentially uh, what we're what we're classifying street gangs are yeah, yeah. Um, which is gangs in the wild west um, it's high new <laughs> so th- these were like mainly just roving um groups of bandits essentially w- yeah. is, is what they were and and when when the the west was really being um uh you know when people were migrating to the West and when, uh, you know, business and, and, um, and business opportunities were, were moving out there, these gangs were really taking advantage of the lack of, of structure and social order and, 
um, essentially it was it was kind of just anarchy out there. There yeah. wasn't a whole lot of... Um, I mean, the Wild West doesn't get its name from nothing. Yeah, yeah, As we're exactly. reading about some of these gangsters or what they call like gunfighters is pretty much the term. Gunslinger, all that stuff. Although uh, it mentioned that gunslinger was made up by Hollywood. Anyways, um, it's like these these people who are part of these gangs groups or just as individual criminals, they had professions. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone they, was banking in on this anarchy. There were, and I mean, I said someone were like, even doctors or like businessmen. They, it was just because everyone was doing it, everyone was doing it. Yeah, and and also because there weren't a lot of people for the doctors to to treat. You know, like there, right, right. It, it's not like, it, it, you know, there were highly structured and you know large cities and suburbs and whatnot. Like there, there was there was a lot more opportunity for people to. Um, a get away with crime, but but it was also it was also kind of a a, a business uh, adventure, right? You know, it was it was kind of a side hustle. <laughs> yeah, and it this period doesn't last long. No, a lot yeah. of film, and you know, most famously Red Dead Redemption, the game, they go into this idea of the the Wild West dying. It kind of passes mm, yeah. away just because inherently the economic structure of the West begins to build up. I mean, if it didn't build yeah. up, it just wouldn't make sense because as people began to migrate, you know, civilization begins to form. And so people who are stuck in this mindset of, you know, running around committing crime on a side hustle, they pretty much just get pushed aside or, you know, usually killed. Yeah, right? well, and be, and because they, like, there, there were outlaws because uh, there wasn't a lot of social organization and a lot of structure and, um, and you know, law enforcement presence but then once there was law enforcement presence there yeah it was a heyday it it it, it just went away you know yeah. like it, it, with with the increase in in you know in a police force and in suburban or urbanization uh in the west and, and it mean, just went away you know yeah you can you can see this easily most people think of the wild west you think of different things like barns cowboy hats guns uh, the little spiky boots that the cowboys wear and all that stuff. And one of the big things is wanted posters, right? Mm. And, and that that idea of a wanted poster was implemented by these marshals or deputies who were just spread thin. And it breeded up to a, a market for bounty hunters who yeah. just went out and after these criminals who just ran rampant. There's just tons of crime going on. Which I can totally understand why Hollywood like has essentially just cannibalized that that era. Because it, it is it is like a perfect mix of like adventure and you know bringing you know justice to order and whatnot. Like it's just it sounds cool when you say there are bounty hunters going out and and rounding up criminals. Like that's <laughs> that, that sounds yeah. just awesome. And it's weird because it's so it was so normalized out there that some of these criminals were actually liked by people. Yeah, they had like a Robin oh, Hood esque. Well, like, that's the same. That's the same in the mafia, and we'll get into that uh, with like Al Capone and stuff. Right. But, but right. yeah, no, it's it's true. Like there were there were tons of of um, essentially gangsters who who the population kind of liked. <laughs> yeah, and and so I just want to touch on a couple that we're not going to dive into. But there was Butch Cassidy's Wild Bunch, uh, which was fairly successful in terms of the cash grabs that they got, but they were hunted down, which is how most of these stories ended. Didn't uh, all of them get killed? Like all of them? I think 
I, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, okay. Like, some of the groups had, like, single survivors yeah, or, like, yeah, two yeah. survivors. Uh, there's Dalton's Gang, uh, which was famously known for the Coffeeville bank robbery. Dalton's Gang has a lot of, like, pop culture influence. Mm. Um, there was a lot of things. I just, or it influenced pop culture. It yeah, wasn't, yeah, like, yeah. a gang that, that was running around, like, listening to Madonna or anything. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But but that gang is, is used a lot throughout. Yeah. So, I mean, so is Butch Cassidy, obviously. But. Yes. And uh, so then, which is funny, Butch Cassidy's Wild Bunch, there's a different gang called Wild Bunch, mm. which is also the Doolin Dalton gang, um, also called the Oklahombres. Uh, <laughs> out of this group, there's only two that survived. Um, what was weird is I ended up reading into this group because it just had a long summary. Not super interesting. They didn't get away with a, I mean, they got away with a lot, but it was small. Mm-hmm. So they, instead of having these, lo- like instead of robbing massive groups, they did smaller robberies, but they had a ton of them. Like yeah, there was yeah, just yeah. a huge list of small robberies they did. Uh, the the, the uh, Wild Bunch involved 11 members. And then it mentioned that there were two teenage girls that walked around. Right, them, right, right. Yeah. Which is just, I, you know, uh, kind of just fits the stigma. It's kind of weird. But <laughs> Doolin, the guy who, Bill Doolin, the guy who um, kind of led the group, I think he knew Dalton somehow because uh, either the name is just well used in the Wild West, but there was a Dalton in his gang as well. And it said that he kind of had had some experience in that. Um he was this guy, Bill Doolin, was really well liked, and he was the one that had this kind of Robin mm. Hood stigma. But even a big gang like this who got away with so many heists, although they were smaller cash grabs, um, and when I say smaller, it was like in the thousand, like one thousand to like six thousand dollars. Whereas in some gangs, like the uh, um, Dalton gang, which did the bank robbery, they were thinking like between sixty thousand and eighty thousand, wow. which is like a lot more. Yeah, money. yeah, yeah. Especially back then when money was like it had more purchasing power. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, <clears throat> but the Wild Bunch eventually uh, only two survived. Right, they were hunted down by U.S. Marshal Everett E. D., uh, which he <laughs> was appointed in eighteen ninety three. And he rounded up a hundred marshals to just to hunt this gang to the end, which is just nuts. And then there's like a list of just the way that each one died, usually mostly through gunshot or gunshot wound injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of crime and, and gangs going on through the Wild West, but there's someone specific that I ran into as I was reading, which I just like could not not talk about. Well, okay. So before, before we get into that, the interesting thing about, about a lot of these gangs were, um, they were basically just like holding up, holding up stores, um, you know, go, doing bank robberies. A lot of train robberies. There was train one robberies. So, uh, do you know where the the term shotgun comes from? No. So this this is a really interesting um, little fun fact. But um, basically, um, so stagecoaches, um, which uh, if you if you know Wells Fargo, they have right, their right. logo is the stagecoach. Um, they were essentially responsible for transporting money um, mm-hmm. to different banks, uh, money, gold, what whatnot. Um, and so they would get held up all the time, obviously. Um, so the person sitting <laughs> next look to at Wells Fargo now, <laughs> um, yeah, they're doing the holdups, but, uh, <laughs> oh, they um, learned. Th- so the person sitting next to the driver was, um, always armed with a shotgun. Mm. Um, and so that, that term, 
you know, shotgun. That's that's where we get that. Oh, term. Uh, uh, like oh, like in that's a car. What, yeah. I thought you were like telling me the name of the shotgun. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I, 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 all right, I'll give it to you. So, um, yeah, because they would get held up by by gangs all the for time. sure. If you don't know, uh, our audio sounds a little different because we're recording in Cameron's uh, apartment for the first time. So this is coming at you live from SF. If you guys hear some background noise, we're still kind of working out the kinks and whatnot. So, And it's also because there's a train that goes by every now and then. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> and there I, might I don't be know a train hear, arm robbery. I don't think so. There's not. No, no it's not, not popular many. in San Francisco? Mm, well, there's not, you, there's not a lot of money on the train. Just a lot of hobos? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I almost went on a side tangent talking about is it's Muni, right? Yeah, Muni. Oh boy, what a what a perfect representation of a well implemented public service. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, was that sarcasm? <laughs> Anyways, I want to talk about this guy. His name is Jefferson uh, Randolph Soapy Smith II. Long name, Dang. but he he was named or he he's got this name um, Soapy. So I was like, what the heck is a cowboy named Soapy? More of a sophisticated cowboy because he was held up in Denver. So he's not really a cowboy. Um, but I just, I couldn't leave it out because I was like, why does this guy even have his name Soapy? Uh, but he is classified as a gangster and he's known for being a scam artist uh, and for doing something called the prize package soap cell racket or something like that. And uh, he he got this name soapy from this con, uh, where essentially he would stand on a street corner and set up a bunch of soap. Okay. Like cheap dirt, cheap soap. And then he'd start like yelling out to people and be like, guys, this soap inside these soaps that are wrapped with paper is money. And so he'd like show them there's like a $1 bill and he'd be like, Oh, look at this one has money. And then he'd be like, now, a few of these have $100 bills, and people would be like, oh, yeah, right. And then he would open one, and it would have a $100 bill in it. And he's like, see? And then he'd throw it in a pile. But he was so good at sleight of hand that he would pull the money out uh, <laughs> as he was showing people. And so he'd put the ones on top that had a little bit of money. So he'd do like a couple $1 bills, and people would buy, and they'd be like, oh, my gosh, I won money. Wow, wow, wow. And and then he would make sure that the rest didn't have any money at yeah, all. So yeah. people would buy high quantities of these soaps because they were really cheap. I mean, like, I think he was doing like a dollar each or something like that. So they'd buy like 10. So that's $10. And like, he pretty much was just making bank off Ugh. it. But he owned Denver, dude. This guy, Soapy. Uh, he had a bunch of saloons, gambling halls, cigar stores, all this stuff. And he would just rip off his clients. Like, I don't know how he would continue business. I, I mean, I'm assuming the reason that he has so many different shop names is that he must have got away with it till people stopped going right yeah and yeah open a new open a new shop yeah. uh and he became so powerful in denver that he started influencing the politics just a, a great a um real jerk uh good job he sounds Sophie. he sounds pretty uh pretty smart actually very entrepreneur-esque but in in a bad way yeah so we're gonna um jump up a long time anything else you want to talk about cowboys cameron you love dude cowboys. i love i love Western movies. I love Western movies. I think Western movies... Uh, there's a lot of Western movies that really capture the Wild West and, and the gang feeling. I usually like the ones where the death of the West comes into, mm, yeah. into play. Yeah. I don't know. I, I One of my favorite films... I haven't seen it in a long while, but I really enjoyed... Um, what is it called? Tombstone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tombstone, I... I I enjoy that film a lot because it shows like the excitement and the adventure of the Wild West 
all the way through to like basically all of them either dying through like gunshot wound or like just dying just of age. Yeah. It's very sad, there, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's just decently like captures like an emotion and a feeling that maybe some of these criminals went through. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. I, I love, I love Westerns. I think because they really capture a sense of, of adventure and, um, you know, right versus wrong and, um, you know, being tempted to be a criminal or being, you know, trying to bring criminals to justice. And it's just, it's just a really interesting, um, really interesting time period. It's probably, it probably wasn't at all like how we think it was, you know what I mean? Like it probably was. Well, I'll tell you which movie gets it right. Back to the future three. Yes. A hundred percent accurate. And, uh, all the way, they actually went Back in time, and, I and I couldn't it. believe it the first time I saw it. Yeah, it was insane. Doc was there. Doc was there, <laughs> and uh, and Marty, and it was just the same movie for the third time. So, <laughs> um, but this isn't a freaking movie podcast, Cameron. It, it basically is. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. All right. Okay. We're gonna talk about Bloods and Crips now. Oh. This okay. is a little research I did for all you uh, 90s gangsters hustling or those kids that played San Andreas. I'm going to be honest. I don't know anything about the Bloods and Crips. Here's what so I found. Inform me. Here's what I found fairly interesting is that they started in the 60s, right? And it was a response to, you know, the economic uh, crisis. Well, not necessarily crisis. More of the racial segregation pushed towards the black community post-World War II, right? And so um, we got these two guys. Stan- as well as what's known as the Great Migration. Right. Um, which was essentially like large, I think it was like a million or so, so like large numbers of, of the southern black population moving to urban areas. Mm, yeah, uh, definitely influencing it. Um, so the Crips were actually first, and it came with uh, Stanley Tookie Williams and Raymond Lee Washington in 1969. Uh, decided to unite their local gang members uh, on the west side and the east side in order to battle neighboring street gangs. So gangs had been around, um, but these two guys were like, yo, we need to, we need to team up because it's, it's getting pretty bad. And what really sucks to read about this stuff is that most of these people are just kids. They're just like high schoolers. Yeah, yeah. And, and as a result of this, the Bloods formed because of a high school incident. Uh, essentially the Crips, like there's a gang and I'm kind of glazing over the rest of what the Crips did. Cause you know, most people haven't understanded what gang culture is kind of like, um, just through like pop culture and media and whatnot. Um, the bloods formed because the Crips confronted this guy named Sylvester Scott and Benson Owens, who are these students at Continental high school in Compton. Centennial. What? Oh, Centennial. Sorry. Um, and these guys basically just got like a beat up by the Crips. And so each one of them ended up establishing their own street gangs. And it was out of, it was a response to the attack because they, they wanted to protect themselves from the Crips. And so every gang that wasn't with the Crips at this point began to refer themselves as the Bloods because they knew that their other street gang buddies were against the Crips too because the Crips were becoming more notorious and gaining a lot of power and becoming mm. more, you know, influential and, and dangerous, right? So So it's essentially like the competition of gangs. Like <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it's just sad to read about because as you're reading about these gangs, it's like they're they're prote- like it starts up as a protection, but then 
they push back and the other side pushes back and then it just it's just so messy there's just like constant death recorded totally throughout totally. this stuff and so i mean it it's tough when gang culture has a little bit of an idolization through rap. I mean, today it seems like rap is is very um, is very popular. It's the number one type of music. Uh, yeah, but I don't think I don't think gangster rap is quite as popular. It's, it's as, not as, it as big, right? Yeah. And there's more criticism of of gangs in rap today than it used to be. Totally. Yeah. But in the '90s, it was like I don't know. Like you listen to some of that old stuff, and it's enjoyable. I like I do enjoy listening to '90s rap. But it's almost like a time snapshot of like mm. a lifestyle that's super destructive, dude. Yeah, well, and it's interesting too because a lot of those rappers were actually in gangs and right. like were involved in in you know gang shootings and you know like that's uh, isn't that Biggie's song "Who Shot Ya"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's it's. I mean, you got like N.W.A. and yeah, and then like even later on in their careers, the rap careers of these rappers, like you listen to Ice Cube and it's he's rapping about how he's had like. I think the song is called Good Day or something. And he wakes up talking about like what a perfect day looks like. And he's still talking about packing and watching mm. out. Yeah. And being like in fear, but it's still a good day, right? Yeah. yeah and I'm yeah. like, dude, this is like, I mean, it kind of sucks if this is a good day to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Even though you're wealthy and successful, you still have that like PTSD of like a street war, mm, right? Mm. So, well, and from, from what I understand, um, these gangs were really, really um, emboldened by uh, in the eighties when when things like crack cocaine uh, were just like really flooding in right. um, from from Mexico, and that really essentially it it uh, made these gangs separate into different factions and um, claim different territory, um, and you know a lot of the gang wars were. Uh, caused by people, you know, intruding or whatever on, on another gang's territory and selling on their turf or whatnot, you know, um, which, you know, is, is obviously pretty destructive of, of these different neighborhoods. And, right. and, and it also ingrains, you know, the local communities into these, into these, um, you know, dangerous superstructures that are essentially just taking over their areas and, it's hard to get out of that, you know? Yeah, the economic depravity of um, just most of these situations for the gangs lead to them looking for a source of money. And it usually comes down to either like drugs or sex trafficking or, yeah. or usually some um, criminal action, right? It's not just these people shooting at each other. Yeah, right? well, because it's easier. It, I mean, when it comes down to it, there's there's an economic incentive to... to you know, yeah, do gonna, things like sell drugs. Are you going to work at that Seven Eleven that pays you like 10 bucks an hour? You can hang out with your friends and sell drugs that make you much richer, much richer. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, and it, it's just, you know, it's just how things go. And yeah, that's that's why I'm for the legalization of, of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother libertarian argument. Right? <laughs> well, that leads us to a quick break. I mean, we're, we, we kind of went through a brief idea of street gangs, and I hope you can kind of see this idea of, like, street gangs, there's, like, a... I kind of picture, like, a scurrying of, like, rats almost. Like, they're trying to survive, so they're going all out. They're, they're breaking the law in order to, you know, almost get rich quick because society has let them down, you know? And it's not justified. 
that the actions they're doing, but at the same time, it, it kind of helps you understand where they're coming from. Totally, and and it like it when you look on it, when you look at it from a macro level, it totally makes sense why a lot of these people would get involved with gangs because there's just there's just an incentive to get into into this, and sometimes you know people just can't even help it. So right, um, yeah, no, I I agree, and and what's interesting about these smaller, um, you know, loosely organized street gangs is, um, essentially they, they will eventually build up, um, into large, broad, um, well-organized, uh, crime syndicates, Yeah, you know? And so like, the you know not not the wild west gangs because there was a, you know less of a um an incentive to do that but but you know the bloods and the crips and and these smaller factions of um you know like the italian and and irish mafias like they pretty much built up into large superstructures right you know? yeah and and that kind of goes back to the whole idea of street gangs to you know, prison gangs and then to the organized crime, yeah. how, how it all feeds into each other. So we're going to get into not, not prison gangs, but into the organized slash secret society gang groups, whatever you want to call it. But beforehand, we have a question from, uh, someone that, uh, let's see, someone actually submitted a question for the show. His name is Juzo C. Greenwood. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to talk about this. <laughs> and, uh, and it, his question is, what are your thoughts on the Israeli Palestine Palestinian Palestine? Well, he said Palestine. He, he he said Palestine. That's what I was like. Isn't it Palestinian? A little bit Palestinian. Um, <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on the Israel Palestine conflict? So, if you guys want to have your question read on the show, feel free to email us at uh, ecfspodcast at gmail We love to read your questions on the air. Um, so going on to our next section, <laughs> uh, organized secret society groups. Um, Cameron, you're excited to talk about the mob. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. But well, I want to talk about this other one first. The Israel Palestine. <laughs> no, no, I don't want I Juzo, I can't talk about that. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the topic. Yeah. Ask us like fun questions. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on your definition of fun. I guess we could do a whole episode on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. All right. Well, you're not getting funded at all for for that, but thanks for the free bone. Um, <laughs> first, I want to get into secret society of gangs. Actually, really quick. Shout out to Juzo because I appreciate his participation. Shout out, Juzo. Moving uh, on. <laughs> secret society. I wanted to start with something that popped out on the screen for me when we were doing research. There is a group called the Order of Assassins. Or there was a group. There isn't anymore. It still exists. Illuminati confirmed. No, I'm just kidding. So 11th century, dude, Order of Assassins. I know what you're thinking. Did this influence Assassin's Creed? Heck yes, it did. Okay. (laughs) So the Order of Assassins uh, is described as a secret order led by a mysterious old man of the mountain. <laughs> I, it just sounds like it's being I'm not made making up. this it, it I'm sounds not making like this it's up. up. Okay. I I'd spent a long time. This is probably the most stuff I read about, and it's not even <laughs> like that important in terms of gangsters. So the old man on the mountain is this guy named Rashid Adin Sinsian, I think. I Sinyan. I don't know if I read that right. I tried to get it the best I could. 
And uh, this is the character um, in Assassin's Creed named Al Muslim, I think. Uh, basically, this real life figure is based on that character in Assassin's Creed, or that character in Assassin's Creed is based on this real life figure, and he's the man at- antagonist in the game. But that uh, this guy who is the leader of the Order of Assassins um, is a Nisraeli Islamist, um, which no, is no, this... no, 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 wait, no, what you not Israeli? <laughs> no, Niz. It says Nisrael. Nizari. Nizari. I, guys, this is hard stuff for me to read. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, dude. I felt like I did well with rolling the R on that name. You did, uh, yeah, yeah, you did. So Nizari, Islamist, um, which is the second largest next to the Twelver group subsect, which, uh, which is the largest. The Twelver referring to like the twelve pillars of Islam. Um, So it's a split off, and it's a branch of Islam, uh, which. It's based more around like reasoning, pluralism, and social justice. So what's weird about this group, and the reason I brought up, you know, Illuminati is they're they exist during this crusading time, right? And they don't they they live up in the mountains. They they don't they don't like do on full scale assaults, but they do conquer sections of of the mountains mm. and in, in the Middle East. And instead of like full-on assaulting like doing these huge crusade battles just like the crusades are known for they use asymmetric warfare psychological warfare and surgical assassinations right um to bring down their opponents into submission rather than like killing out their whole armies it's essentially a black ops like squad it's so weird (laughs) it is so taking out like political hits on on specific targets i think it says something like 200 assassinations right wow and even marco polo uh speaks about them and most crusaders knew about this order of assassins and they were not big fans. No, they were I'm not sure they fans. weren't. Yeah. So this secret society, for some reason, was under the gangster section. But I think it leads. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, kind of banking off this economic argument we're making. There's a lack of social order. Right. Dur- right. During Especially this time during frame. the Crusades. Right. Yeah. It's kind of chaos, and they kind of bank. They banked off that and began to push their influence and will through these strange, mystical methods. It's kind of interesting, though, how how similar it is to um to like modern terrorist organizations right like who they you know go out and into the mountains and they you know do you know uh, you know it doesn't sound like they're they're doing terrorism mainly they're just right. doing assassinations but i don't know it's just interesting well, they are they are cultish yeah to, yeah to a certain degree but um i thought it was cool that they're still it's not some made up like myth there's a lot of like history back in right, right, and, right interesting you know i know the first assassin's creed is based in crusade times is that really is it a really a gang though not quite but it was classified under gangs okay so i said well you know if it if it falls into that economic status if wikipedia says it's true and if if wikipedia says it's true it must be true (laughs) (laughs) it's actually just some high schooler editing the page as i'm reading (laughs) you know um but yeah so these the one thing that I took from that is it's highly organized. Yeah. They have they have like this whole system and they're very methodical with the way it goes into things and with the economic status of, you know, the world in a, in a macro sense in that area. Like, 
it it was interesting to see them be essentially like a weird gangster cult of some kind right right, right. during the time but as far as organized crime goes keep the change you filthy I'm speaking Why like is Australian. it Australian? <laughs> Dude, I can't do an accent for my life. Keep the change, you filthy animal. That's right. It's time to get into the good stuff. So, so, and, okay, I want to I wanna back up before we get into the mob, back up just a little bit. Um, okay. I- into the, the early 1800s, um, which is a really interesting time, you know, when we're talking about street gangs, right, and how they feed into these, these larger, um, broader coalitions um but basically uh you know if you've you know ever seen gangs of new york i haven't but um it's based on these you know irish and uh you know german and english street gangs that were rising in urban areas like new york um because of really high uh, rates of immigration and these these gangs were were basically ways of of protecting these small you know minorities in these urban areas right and so the um basically after the civil war um you know these these uh criminal gangs started moving out west and especially in the midwest in chicago Hmm. and um the the interesting thing about about when they moved when they started moving west is these gangs started to be integrated into the political landscape. So Right, because if, if you're thinking about as these societies are being built up, if the gangs are there first, they probably yeah. have a pretty loud voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so so there were so many... I, I kept reading these really interesting stories of, like, basically these gangs were able to, able to grow into, like, really well-organized and well... Um, well-funded and, you know, well-planned societies because of how they were able to, to either pay off, um, you know, police officers, um, intimidate witnesses. And even there, there was this one thing that I, that I read, um, where basically, um, so the, it's called the, the Ragin' Colts, um, or Ragin's Colts, I think, um, they were, uh, established in in Chicago, they were an Irish gang, mm. and the dude. I feel. Hold on, just stepping back really fast. I'm a ginger, okay. So you know, I feel bad for my my ginger brothers and sisters who <laughs> came over from Ireland. You know, they they felt the pain of their ancestors' potato famine, great mm. potato famine. Mm. You know, they come over to America, they're treated like dirt. All yeah. right. Where where's Irish the, need not apply. Where's the love for the gingers? Everyone hates us, dude. No, that's not true. Thanks, Ed Sharon, for making my life just a tad better. <laughs> um, so, so these these raging cults, uh, they were they basically were hired by the Democratic Party politicians um, to commit election fraud, and which is not it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure. Election fraud through gang, like organized crime groups, is a very common occurrence. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And 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 so these these you know local politicians, and it wasn't it wasn't like they you know they were they would get onto to the state legislature, but it was basically just Chicago local uh, you know administrators and and stuff like that. Like 
Imagine if if the the San Jose like city board or city council or whatever like imagine if they if they got there because of uh, election fraud caused by like Hell's Angels or something you know like it's crazy and so so and nobody would nobody would know or care you know so right. like so they you know uh, you know scratch my back and I'll scratch yours sort mm-hmm, of thing mm-hmm. um, the the you know the politicians who get elected uh, and. Uh, because of the help from from these gangsters, you know, they turn a blind eye and they they let them essentially just, uh, you know, get, get away with things. Which leads me into my favorite JFK assassination theory. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. I kid you not. I almost like believe this one 100. Yeah, I know what you're okay? going to talk about. There's a theory that the mob killed JFK. Okay, and it's not too far off because there there are records that. There could have been election fraud with his election that he got into. There was multiple names reused and names of dead people voting Mm. uh, on record. And there was this idea that, you know, of course, like you said, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. They were supposed to turn a blind eye. Mm. One of the first things JFK does when he gets into office is that he assigns his brother to hunt down the mob right away. And his brother gets killed as well yeah and so there there's a theory that goes around that you know it's the mob taking revenge for not getting that coverage right yeah they were supposed to be off the hook but instead they get hunted it's a little bit of a stretch but sometimes when you look at it at the right light it, it can be pretty convincing it's an interesting theory but i i don't know i'm not i'm not entirely convinced um but i, I that's kind of a, a a different topic but we uh, could go into that dude man we could, go, we, could that, make, we could have an episode about about this. some of, there's a documentary out there that's so interesting based on there's so many but the conspiracy theories yeah, that, yeah, yeah. there's like talking about how the shooter couldn't have shot that many rounds yeah no and i've seen this i've seen this documentary. I, I like i wholeheartedly like believe that there were at least two shooters uh, i don't know about that dude <laughs> dude there's no way because they like they show the gun and they're like you hear the amount of shots in the own in the clip and they're like we're gonna try to we're having like the highest marine operative try to use this gun at the max speed because it's a bolt action rifle yeah, yeah. right so he like loads and shoots it like super fast it's nowhere close to as fast as the amount of shots you hear <laughs> unless like there's some sort of like cia agent like shooting up at the window or something no there's no 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 i don't know it's anyways <laughs> Yes, organized crime gets involved with politics a lot. So yeah, so and, and this is this is really interesting. So uh, kind of moving towards um, the 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 most well known, um, y- you know, mob uh, coalition was was obviously the mafia, the 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 Italian mafia, mm-hmm. um, and you know it's very it was very highly um, uh, well. There were a lot of movies about it. Um, yeah, you know, with the Godfather and um, various and sundry other other mobster movies, but um, well, it's so strange. Like, if you just think about it on paper, that there's this massive organized, essentially like a company, yeah, profiting off crime, and it's operated super well and organized. Well, it's and- not that strange, actually, though. Right. When you think about it, because there's money to be made in crime. Right. And so why wouldn't people, you know, build themselves up and essentially, you know, take take the opportunity? Yeah. But it's just like because it's illegal. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm not saying that people are inherently good because I don't believe that. But the fact that people are letting a company like that get away. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, so this this is the thing. So um, these the the mob uh, the mafia was was incredibly well structured and like very hierarchical. And what what's super interesting is they have. Um, they have really, really strict rules and codes of conduct. Mm. Um, you know, things like uh, omerta, which basically means, like, you keep your mouth shut. Um, it, it's a, a code of silence. And, you know, you couldn't you couldn't shoot other family members um, if, you know, if there wasn't a... If you're not given the okay. A reason. Yeah, yeah, if you're not given <laughs> the okay. And, and like, they're... Well, daddy said, yeah, so. <laughs> they're, they're, well, and family is in quotations because um, right. it, it's, th- that's what they called other people in their gang. Um, and you, you, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot, you didn't, you weren't allowed to infight with another family member. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A- and so these, these rules and code of, codes of conduct really cemented the, um, the, the power and the, long-term effects of of these gangs like if they were unstructured and unorganized these gangs would would probably not have lasted as long as they did but because they were able to a get themselves super involved with politics and b uh they were pretty well mannered and well uh you know liked by the community as as i was talking about and you know they they had these superstructures they were able to get away for a long, long time and yeah. are still to, to some degree able to get away with it. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, okay. So the, um, interesting thing is the, 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 the big man on top, he's called the boss or the Don or the Godfather. Um, mm. but there's also, it, it goes all the way down. Like there's a, there's an organized structure of, of, you know, people called soldiers and, you know, different, different things and and at the lowest rung are associates associates um, associates were people who worked with the mob but weren't actually a part of the family oh uh, so they're like business partners yeah yeah essentially and and the reason why a lot of these associate associates couldn't become family members is because they weren't italian oh, um which, so which is super like interesting mario and luigi there's like associates with waluigi and wario no cuz they're because Waluigi and Wario are are Italian, I don't think. But they, they have are. they have. I don't think they are. Like Toad is an associate. <laughs> associate. <laughs> so I always wondered why Mar- Luigi couldn't kill Mario, but now what, I know. What are you What are you talking about? He never got the okay from the boss. Yeah, who's the boss? <laughs> who's the boss of the Mushroom Kingdom? Bowser. You're wrong. Toad. It's Toad. It's been Toad all along. He's controlling all the strings. He's like, I'm just an associate. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, an interesting time period and probably the most well-known and well-publicized time period for the mob was Prohibition. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, because, again, going back to this economic um, idea, because there was a void in the marketplace, because, you know, legal businesses couldn't sell liquor, uh, the, the mob was, was very happy to take, take on those, those new customers, right? you know? And so they, it's an issue of like black market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so they were able to be so organized. So Al Capone is, you know, one, one of the most famous, uh, 
mobsters ever. Um, and he essentially what he did because he was he was based in Chicago. His his gang was called the uh, um, oh shoot, what is it? The Chicago. Um, oh, I can't remember. Anyways, um, uh, the Chicago outfit. That's what. Oh, it's called. there we go. Um, so his uh, basically what he would do is he would um, he would buy a bunch of alcohol in in Canada um, because you know <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, right on the border. Those Canadians um, and just run it over the border. And and he was able to thrive for he he reigned in in Chicago for about seven years. He was like seven years. Yeah. Wow. He was. How long did the prohibition last? Uh, it was from nineteen twenty two, I think, to nineteen thirty three. I'll so, double check you. So a decent majority of the time, he's running this business. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And he's basically able to to be openly like violent and and commit you know terrible acts of murder like the saint valentine's day massacre um which was against a rival gang um basically because he just had so much money yeah (laughs) and he would just pay off you know the cops and the jury and everything he 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 owned the uh not he he owned the streets yes but he also owned, owned the courts <laughs> right which is why he was able to get a, get away with as much as he did and so basically the feds had to step in and because they couldn't uh, wait did you do you get yeah, yeah you were 2 years off it was 1920 to 1930 okay yeah yeah um close though close very close the feds uh had to step in and get him for tax fraud they got him for tax evasion. They didn't even get him for like racketeering or you know a- anything. That's why you always pay your taxes. Well, he couldn't because he was he was laundering all the money. That's why you always pay your taxes. Yeah, exactly. Um, a- and so it's just so interesting because because he was he was he was pretty open about what he was doing. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's not like it's not like he was hiding. He was basically a local celebrity. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, son. Mm. Driver don't pick the car. The car pick the driver. If you know what that's from, you are a golden child. <laughs> but that's not what I was going to say, even okay. though I said it. This is a tip if you're running a business. If you offer a service or some sort of product for a long period of time and then decide that, no, this has changed and we're not going to do it this way anymore or we're taking it away it's no longer free you would dummy okay <laughs> especially if there's high demand for it like alcohol yeah. okay that was a dumb move so i'm calling you out nintendo what i'm calling you out nintendo has a live internet service okay <laughs> it's free next month they're gonna start charging for it okay and that's a dumb move okay that's a dumb move i'm gonna start the Al Capone gang of Nintendo Internet Service. I don't think I don't think that's how that works. You're Free gonna, codes for all your kids. You're gonna black market the uh, the Nintendo codes. Service. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a hundred GPUs and make them work to make up codes. <laughs> Free codes for free internet, so y'all can play your. Mario Bros. Three online. Well, every, how would you get money for everything? That? Should be free. 
How would you get money? Everything should be free. In any case. So Oh wait. <laughs> so yeah, so I think I think prohibition is such a really is such an interesting time period because um basically it was like it was like as scientific as you can get with with uh the idea of organized crime. Of organized crime yeah. and black markets and um and why prohibition pretty much never works. Yeah. Because, you know, you take away, you know, in 1920, they, they, you know, take away the ability for people to buy alcohol. And, uh, very shortly after that, everybody is committing know, crime. Yeah. Yeah. All, all these criminal gangs are popping up because of, because of the increased demand. And there's a theory that once you commit one crime, it's usually easier to commit another. I'm sorry. I can't speak. I'm slurring today. He's not drinking or anything. It's it's kind of the incredible. prohibition's over, Cameron. <laughs> so so yeah. So I don't know. I I I think that's so interesting and and yeah. It goes to goes to show you. Don't prohibit pro- prohibit things. <laughs> you should uh, be able to control yourself, Cameron. Don't prohibit it. Everything in moderation, amen. No prohibit uh, prohibition. What do you, you're the one that tells me everything in moderation, even moderation. Yeah. What do you think you should moderately prohibit? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, you're dumb. No, you can't moderately um, prohibit things. You can't. No, like pro. Uh, it's either it's either allowed or not allowed. Oh. Right. It's a binary. Darkness is all I see <laughs> in my. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else on these gangsters? Um, no, I think that's it, bro. That was a buttload of speaking, and we're coming in under an hour. That was awesome. Oh good, gosh, good one, Isaac. Guys, good we one. spent a lot of time researching this stuff, and so I'm a. Ap- I apologize if it's not overly interesting for you, but we thought it was like stunningly engrossing yeah everything comes from something it's important to learn about things in the past yeah and and i think the lesson of this um of this podcast um is has something to do with with israeli palestine conflict no oh (laughs) i'm not talking about that isaac (laughs) um no, I think I think there there is something to be said about like why these why these gangs pop up and why they have they kind of have similar um, similar reasons for for why they exist and economics is everything. No, it's not it's not everything, but they're it's fair. Well, well, but what is this? It's a lighter. Oh, thank goodness. I thought it was pepper spray, and I thought if I opened it, I was going to get sprayed in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> you have to turn it on. What the? If the Whoa! It's electric lighter. Listen yeah. to this. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, I almost lit the mic thing on fire. <laughs> the pop filter. Um, so then we'd hear some real crackling. But and but there there are also very similar social. Can you tell I'm getting off topic? <laughs> there there are very interesting social uh, situations that 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 make gangs more prevalent, right? Yes. Like like you know. The groups of of ethnic minorities who are essentially banding together to to protect themselves and um, and there's also the economic uh, reason for that too. But 
I don't know. It's 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 really interesting how how similar a lot of these gangs have really have arisen. Now, it might sound stupid talking about this because this is just a new idea that popped in my head as you were mentioning, you know, ethnic groups clumping together. Cameron, hmm. I'm going to make this real broad. Okay. Is there a danger in abiding in a clique? Um, what do you mean? You know, there are some people that are really sworn to a group of people, mm-hmm. a, a community, right? And, you know, as we're talking about these gangs and the negative externalities they produce in existing, I think that even on a small scale, if you're committed to a clique of people, it can lead to a dangerous path. I guess what, I guess what do you mean by like committed? Like, I think there's, there's a difference between like committed to a, to a clique and being like, um, like pathologically committed to a a clique where, you know, you, you aren't. Well, I'm thinking as simple as like a high school clique. Yeah, Yeah. Right. If there's someone who is deeply involved or invested in a group of friends that isn't necessarily bad it's good to have a group of friends or a community but to be like sworn to having nothing else but that group can be dangerous and i think i I, i've seen it and this has not much to do with gangsters but i i think the aspect of clickiness or, or or really seeking out some sort of security or home can lead to a dangerous path well i'd say i'd say it's a commitment to a group above all else yes that's what i'm talking about so so it's like if you commit to if you're committed to a group regardless of that group's um you know uh faults and virtues that means you are going to you're going to do something wrong because of the group i remember i'll I'll speak firsthand about myself. Mm-hmm. I was in a group of people and I, I had a group of friends and I guess we kind of referred to ourselves as like a nerd herd. Just stupid high school kids. We're like, we hate high school. All this stuff. And by by the end of my senior year, I uh, kind of put some distance in between us because, I mean, although I had closer friends than others in that group and some I still talk to to this day, right? I Some of the group actions had sort of turned me off. Mm. And so... I, sp- I specifically remember there was someone who is part of our group who, you know, was a little off-putting. He kind of was aggressive and very insulting to a lot of people in the group. And it got to the point where all of the group agreed that they didn't like him. Mm. And then we ghosted him, if you know what that means. It just is like we didn't sit at the same table anymore. We like literally, I, I kid you not, I remember just not sitting there and all my friends and I, we just like, we moved to different spots. We just avoided him at all costs. And it was terrible. Mm. Like I got, even to this day, I'll talk to some of my friends and they'll be like, dude, I look back at that. That was stupid. Like, why did we do that? That was so mean, you know? And I remember I was like, well, I never liked him. I'm just, you know, thank goodness. Like the group finally caught on and, mm. and, and we moved on and whatnot. But to the same degree, like, I feel like some of that group did it just because everyone else was doing it. Right, right, right. Right. And, you know, as we look at these gangs and the Wild West and, you know, the groups in Compton, there, there's a lot of peer pressure and, and clickiness behind this action, you know, or, or going into these steps of crime and immorality. And I think it can be dangerous if you are really close 
not not just on a on a criminal level, but it can be dangerous like personally and emotionally. Mm, yeah. And I don't know why that popped up when when you were talking about that. I no, like, I, I think I think it is true, and I think it has to do with um, with not being principled and not standing for for you know a certain set of virtues, because in any group there's the ten- temptation to do wrong things, and if you're if you don't have uh, you know a standard set of values, or if you don't have a, a direction on on where you want to go, it's way more likely that you'll, you'll, you know, bend towards, towards the group and, to uh, do things that you wouldn't necessarily do because, you know, somebody else is doing it or your group is doing it. Yeah. You know? So if I could present a word of advice, something that I, that I've found useful with my relationships with people that I enjoy, you know, is abide in, in individuals. And if they happen to be in a group, you know, don't, don't sit by the group side, like stand for yourself. Even in the communities that I feel the most comfortable in, I always have a level of separation Mm -hmm. to some degree. You know, I go to church and, and there's a lot of, you know, Christians at, at my church, but I don't necessarily associate my own personal, like, belief in everything in the same thing that everyone else believes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I always have my own separate, you know, I don't, I don't want to say like interpretation, but you know, I, I have my, I have my own interpretation, your your own beliefs, my own, my own belief. I'm not going to stand by what my church says just because my church says it and I'm a part of that. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, and you know, I don't want to get on a completely separate side tangent, but in, in a, in a lot of ways, you're kind of seeing this, um, this group pushback with the Catholic church right now. Right, with, all, a, the, with a, all the scandals and stuff. There's you know? a lot of group think going on. Yeah, in, but in, in but then uh, but uh, at the same time, a lot of people are like, wait, like, well, okay, so so like when boy, when, we we just cracked open the can of worms, dude. <laughs> this is a big thing. So so like, a lot of the scandals were able to continue and continue for a long time because. People in in the institution of the Catholic Church were more wanted to be more protective of of the church itself rather than writing things that were wrong, mm. right? So, like people were brushing, you know, sex abuse under under the rug because they thought it was going to damage, uh, you know, the church's image or whatnot. Right. That sort of. Um, uh, entanglement and, um, uh, I guess like almost idolization of, of an institution is what causes people to do really bad things. Yeah. You know, as, as, as we can see. And now, now the, the, the church looks even worse because of, you know, these people who essentially were able to, to brush things under the rug, you know? And I think we could really, continue this massive spectrum of an idea the danger in, in this topic how would you how would you define this like the, the like idea of group like, think yeah danger of group think right uh, and i think it definitely applies to gangs but i guess i don't i don't want to like put a negative spin on on a like abiding in a community 
No, no, it's there's, not. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not saying if you are in a group of people, you are in a gang committing crime. That's not what. I'm tra- <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's just interesting train of thought went off topic, but I I definitely think it's cool to to see you know parallels yeah. in, in in the structure and building of of these gang empires and whatnot. So that was a good one. What this episode? Yep. You are such a cocky little midget <laughs> how can you say that i don't know we i think we let's go. go to 110 we're gonna give you guys three minutes of our oh divine goodness. attention you know and all of this group think and ideas really applies to the israeli palestinian conflict. oh my here. gosh we're not we're not i know let's uh-uh. get into something we have no information or education on I actually do have a little bit of Here information about the Israeli-Palestinian you're welcome. He's um, into conflict because I took a I took an Israeli cinema class and we went into Israeli history <coughs> um, quite a bit. Um, what? And yeah, but I don't really want to talk about that. Oh, good. Jeez, goodness. You know what? I'm it's starving. Too, it's too much of a hot where potato. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the San Francisco Eats podcast. Cameron, Mm. where the heck are we eating dinner tonight? Oh, man. That's a good question. I'm so hungry right now. What do you want to eat? Well, you're the one that lives here. What's good in town? Um, man, I kind of really want a burrito. That sounds bomb. Do you want to drive to the mission? Uh, I don't really want to drive that much. But, I mean, we're going to have to. Yeah. I just need gas. Yeah. That's the only thing. Yeah. Yeah, but your car's smaller than mine is. So you cars are also easily. breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So he pulls up into my driveway today and he's like he he opens the door and he's like, Sorry, my door's broken. And it's like the whole handle of his door is just like falling apart. So I'm like, the life of a college student. What's going on? And he's like, Dude, no, no, it's just my broken. radiator's busted. My back of the car hydraulics is broken. I got to fix all this stuff. Shout out to my sister's husband, Austin. He is a mechanical genius. Catch a ride. If you know what I mean? I, I pull up and he, <laughs> fix it. he picks it. He just fixes it up with me. Uh, I got to book him for a day, dude. It sucks because I can't pay him, but eventually I hope I, I'll get to. Mm. He's going to be my mechanic in the future. Mm. He's like planning to have like this like four car garage or something like really? that. So yeah, mm. it's going to be, it's going to be rad. Hey, if you guys like what everything comes from something is doing, if you enjoy the diverse content and the stupidity of the hosts, then you can support us on Patreon. You know, all the same old jazz and uh, please tell your friends about this podcast. That actually helps m- the most. Yeah. I've had a lot of people come up to me and be like, Hey, like, I really enjoy the podcast. I'm going to spread the word on it. We'd like, we'd like to grow and to and to become a, a a community, not not an insular community, not one that's going to commit crimes or anything. That's right. But we'd like to, you know, we'd like to 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 get bigger. And I hope you want to see us grow too. I hope so too. So. And we'll get to the point where we have millions and millions of listeners. We become shills of our former selves, selling out. You mean we're shells. Gonna, we're going to be. I mean, we'll be shills too, but shills and shells and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And we'll never read Jesus' questions ever again. I'm just kidding, Jesus. Send, send us questions. 